Welcome to the Faith Dialogue Podcast with your host, Pastor Ken Baer. Are you ready to swim in the deep end of the Bible pool or climb to the top of Faith Mountain? If so, open the eyes that see, those ears that hear, and a heart that is receptive. Get your cup of coffee and your Bible as we begin. But my message today is a little bit different. And the message today is prayer before God on behalf of others. Prayer before God on behalf of others. And we'll be reading just five verses from uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. You know, it's, it's been fun, and I've got to admit that I'm the very first to, uh, uh, to say how much I enjoy uh, prophecy. But over the past over the past few weeks, we've had the opportunities of, of finding out how, how Paul talks about some of these things. He talks about, for example, in chapter 4, that we'll be caught up together to be with the Lord. That's chapter 4, verse 17. Um, he talks about Jesus coming as a, a thief in the night. Uh, he talks about the falling away. And that's, that's so unfortunate. It breaks my heart. I told you when I was traveling through Europe and I visited all of these old cathedrals and all of these old churches that used to be full of worshipers. The bells would ring and people would stream in and today maybe you find 50, 100 people at some of the services and they're, they're kind of boxed off. There's a lot more people visiting museums than there are people worshiping God. And then we, we talked about how the restrainer is removed just prior to the re revelation of the, the Antichrist. Uh, but today, Paul has something different to tell us, something special to tell us, and I think you'll enjoy it. And, and again, I said my, my message today is prayer before God on behalf of, of people, of, on behalf of others. And we'll be starting in verse 1. Paul says this, he says, finally, brethren, and don't you know when Paul says finally, he's not getting done. I mean, he's just getting started, right? Just like a pastor. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Now, as, as I said, I'm, I'm the first to admit that I, I really enjoy the prophecy. But Paul has something very special to tell us, and that's because what we need to do is when we're going through any kind of suffering, any kind of difficulty, we have to keep our eyes on eternity. If we keep our eyes on eternity, then we have an ability to get through the struggles of the day. It's, it's hard sometimes to get through the struggles, and quite frankly, I don't know how some people do it without knowing that there's eternity before them. You know, Jesus will eventually come and we'll be caught up together with him. That's what we just said, 1 Thessalonians 4.17. We'll be caught up together with him and we'll live eternity with Jesus in, in this wonderful place. Did you know there's, there's more verses in the Bible on the millennial reign of Christ, this thousand years that follows the age of the church, and eternity than there are on any other topic? Uh, all of the time of the judges and the patriarchs or, or the life of Christ, there's more written in the Bible on that end time. It's a, it's a wonderful time. It's a time when God's will be done. That's what the Lord's Prayer is, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what, that's what Paul is talking about. There's a time, and he knew that the trials that the Thessalonians were going through were significant. They were difficult times. And he encouraged them, not only did last week or a couple weeks ago, we told them that God loves them. 
God loves them, but he's also saying, you can pray. You can pray and God will, God will hear you. Now, at the end of chapter 2, Paul talked about how they were greatly loved by God. But in this section, Paul tells them something very specific. He tells them to pray. He tells them to pray. He says, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. Now, notice there's two things that Paul specifically tells them to pray. First was that they would pray on behalf of Paul and all of his companions. Pray for us, he says. Pray for us. You need to pray for your churches. You need to pray for your pastors. You've got to pray for the gospel going forth because it's hindered. It's hindered by many times, by many people. Paul found that often in his ministry, and he knew that he needed the prayer of the people in order to be successful in the ministry that God had given him. Then secondly, he says to pray specifically swiftly. He says to pray that the word of the Lord may run swiftly that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ would get out there. You know, Paul knew that his time was short. You know, it's like the old saying, there's so little time and so many people. There's so little time left in Paul's life, all of our lives. I mean, it's like a breath. It's, it's like a, a moment in time. We, we, we grow up and we age and we're gone and our, our time is short. And Paul said, while the time is now, pray that the, the word of the Lord goes out swiftly. There's so many people and, and so little time. You know, uh, timing is really everything. Uh, Paul was uh, allowed a time to persecute the Christians. Remember, that was Saul. Saul was to persecute the church. The church. He was given letters by the, the Sanhedrin, and he went out to go find the people that followed the way, this Jesus Christ as Messiah. He was to, uh, to arrest them and bring them back to Jerusalem to be tried and often to be executed. That's what Paul was, Saul was doing, but God got his attention. There was a time for that, but now the time is for Paul, the Apostle Paul, to spread the gospel. And he wanted people to, to pray that he would be able to teach them, teach them about the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They'd be able to teach them that Jesus Christ came to, for sinners, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross for their sin, that he rose on the third day and they ascended into heaven, but he's coming back again. And that was Paul's message. That was the message of the gospel. And he said, pray that this message goes out swiftly, that we can get it to as many people as possible because the, the time is, is short. Now, secondly, he said that it would be glorified. It would be glorified. Now, what does it mean that the, the word of the Lord would be glorified? Well, I believe it means that it would be praised, that it would be magnified, that it would be honored, that it would be believed. That's, that what it means to be, to be glorified. Notice Paul is saying that the Lord would be glorified. You know, everything that the Lord does is for his glory. And Paul says, pray that the Lord would be glorified. Not that my message would be or that my ministry would be. This is not about Paul. This is not about the great apostle Paul, that he would build a, a following and that he would be considered great. No, this was that the Lord would be glorified. It wasn't about Paul. It wasn't about John the Baptist. It wasn't about Peter, James, or John. It wasn't about any of the apostles. It was always about Jesus Christ. They were always going to tell people about the Lord. You see, people, your pastors, your teachers, your favorite people, your heroes will sometimes fail you. But the Lord will never fail you. That's why we pray that the Lord be, be glorified. The Lord be glorified. Remember we said that the message today was prayer before God and on behalf of others. Prayer before God on behalf of others. Now, did you know that that is exactly the definition of a certain type of prayer. 
Intercessory prayer. Have you heard of intercessory prayer? Intercessory prayer is a wonderful prayer. It's not a prayer for you. It's a prayer for others. You know of somebody's need. Paul says, pray for me. Pray for your pastor. Pray that we would be able to bring the message swiftly. Pray, pray for other people. That's intercessory prayer. Now, there's some people that have this mistaken impression that intercessory prayer is designated for a, a super class of Christians, like the superheroes of the faith that understand intercessory prayer and are praying on behalf. Well, God bless people that have a ministry that way, but all of us are called to pray for others. There are many other people that you can pray for. You have sons and daughters, you have grandchildren, you have neighbors, you have friends, you have acquaintances. There are people that need your, your prayer. The scriptures have many examples of how Abraham and Moses and David and Samuel, Hezekiah, Elijah, Jeremiah, they all came before God on behalf of others. They interceded for these other people. Now, the scriptures actually tell us that Jesus Christ ever lives to make intercession for us. The best example of intercessory prayer is what Jesus Christ does. He prays for us. Jesus Christ prays for us. So if it's important for Jesus, it's important for us as well. You're likely familiar with a, a scripture verse out of uh, 1 Timothy. And it says to pray for those in authority. For kings. Now that's our government authorities. You may not like the king, okay? You might not like our government authorities, but we need to pray for the president and vice president, the Supreme Court, all the people in Congress at the federal level. We need to pray for people at the state level. We play, need to pray for our local uh, people too because they're, they're there for our good. And we need to pray that they have the interests of God, that they're doing the things that God wants them to do, that they're not evil and perverse. We're going to get to that, that they are honoring God in everything they do. So we pray for them. That's intercessory prayer. Paul says to pray before God on behalf of others. Um, in verse 2, he says, not that we be and that we be rescued from perverse and evil men, for not all have faith. You know, we've seen often in the scriptures that there are perverse and evil men. You know, we don't usually use this word evil. I was in a Bible study over at church. There's a group of guys that get together on Thursdays, and we were talking, and we were talking about some things, and I, I used the word evil. Well, those people are evil. And they looked at me like, evil? Who are you? You know, no, oh, no, you have to understand. There are evil people out there, and the evil people we need to be rescued from. We can't convert all these evil people. God bless them if some find see the gospel, but most of the time we need to be rescued from them. We need to be kept from the evil people. We shouldn't be interacting with them. They are there not for your benefit, but for your curse. Now, this is especially uh, important to Paul. You know, in uh, Paul, when he was, uh, if you remember going back when we had the Acts of the Apostles, remember that series we did? Uh, it took a long time, about a year, so many of you remember it. Well, we talked about Paul and Thessalonia. These very people. And if you remember, he got chased out of Thessalonia and went to Berea. In Acts 17, this is what it says. In Acts 17, it says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went to the, to the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonia, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. That's why we talk about the Bereans, because they searched the scriptures to see what was being said was actually so. 
Verse 12 says, Therefore many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul in Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Who were these that stirred up the crowds? They were the perverse and evil people that Paul is talking about. He's talking about there's evil people out there. You need to understand who they are. Pray that we are delivered from these perverse and evil people. Now, the word in evil, the word evil in Greek is, is paneros, paneros. It's translated in our Bibles as evil, wicked, and even vicious. You see, that's what we have to understand, that the intent of their heart is often vicious. It is against you, just as Thelma was talking about these missionaries and what was happening in India. That's vicious. Paul knew that there was persecution that was coming. That's why he wrote these letters. He said, stand firm during the persecution. God is coming. There will be a time. Keep your eyes on the heavens. Keep your eyes on eternity and pray that you can resist, that you'll be delivered from these evil and perverse people. You know, prayer is communion with God. Paul's encouraging that communion. He's encouraging that kind of prayer. Let me tell you a story. Do you like stories? These are all true stories. So I spent, before I came to the Orlando area, before I came to Celebration, I was the executive pastor at a very large church down in South Florida called Christ Fellowship. And for about 20 years, we had had a relationship in Haiti. Now, I've been to Haiti. Haiti is not, in the list of third world countries, okay, it's either at the top or the bottom, depending on how you rate your list. It's, it's a horrible place. Um, basic necessities. I know what it's like to walk on dirt streets. I know what it's like to visit homes that have thatched roofs and no doors and no screens and chickens in the backyard or sleeping with the cows. I know what that's like. But Haiti is in a completely different class. You know, many people wonder how Haiti, this, this Western nation, it's the poorest of all the Western nations. It's almost not even on the chart. When you compare it to poor places like Venezuela and Cuba and Ecuador and some of the difficult places, Dominican Republic, which even shares the island, it's not even close to what they have. And it's, it's unfortunate because they have all the same natural resources. In fact, many people feel that Haiti has more natural resources than many other nations, but it's very, very poor and the people are impoverished. Now, the people are wonderful people. I've met a number of the people. We were, the last time I was there, we, um, we taught 300 local pastors. 300 local pastors. We brought in material for them and we taught them how to minister and encourage them because a lot of them didn't have a lot of education. They just had a lot of spirit. So we were there to encourage them, but I really don't think I want to go back. It's a, it's a difficult place and very dangerous. So about six years ago, I was in my office at Christ Fellowship, and I shared an office with the senior pastor, his wife, and an assistant. So we, I was in my office, it was about 2 o'clock on a Wednesday, and I'm, I'm sitting in my office, and all of a sudden I knew that Pastor Todd and a number of men had gone to Haiti because we had an orphanage there. And they were supplying the orphanage with some medicine and some foodstuffs and things like that. And we knew that every time we went, it was a dangerous place. A lot of times, things would be confiscated at the border. So you would bring in supplies, but they would be taken from you. So we had been praying for this ministry. And I'm just minding my own business. And all of a sudden, it was very clear I had this impression of Pastor Todd. And I could kind of picture him in a car with a number of other people, because I had been there before, so I could picture the mountain pass they were going through. And I was just kind of startling, and I didn't think too much of it, other than it, it caught my attention. Well, then the door opens up, and uh, Julie, the pastor's wife, 
along with Gail, her assistant, came walking in and they said, we have to pray for Pastor Todd and the team. And I said, I was just thinking of that. I said, well, us too, and, and I, I think we need to pray. You see, they're the spiritual ones, right? I'm the pastor, but they're the spiritual ones. They recognize that we're getting an unction from the Lord and we need to pray. So I can do that. So we got together in front of my desk and held hands and, and we started praying. And, and as we prayed, we felt even more urgency that we really needed to pray for deliverance, that there was, that we know that it's evil there, that it's a very dangerous place, it's a very difficult place. People are killed and it's, it's, it's difficult on the highway, it's lawless. So we, we kept on praying for Todd and we started naming all of the people that were with him by name and just, just praying for them. And we tried to call Todd, by the way, tried to call, but we didn't get through. That's not unusual because the, the, the infrastructure in Haiti is horrible. Um, it's not, in, sometimes cell phones don't work. Sometimes you go without electricity for days. So it wasn't surprising that we didn't hear from them or we didn't hear, get through to them. But we finished praying and felt pretty good about it. Well, sure enough, later that evening, Julie heard from Todd. And she said, oh, we were praying for you. He said, wow. He said, I got to tell you, today we were coming back from the orphanage. We were able to get all of the supplies there, but we still had all of our, our, all of our things. And we were in three cars in a caravan. And all of a sudden, men came out of a Jeep and they were masked and they had machine guns and automatic weapons, semi-automatic weapons, and they dragged us out of the car. And he said they were going through all of our things and shouting at us and pointing guns at us. And he said it was, it was horrible. We had no time at all to do anything other than some silent prayer. And he said, but then suddenly, it was the most amazing thing, all of a sudden they stopped. They all stopped and they put our things back in the car, they dropped some things to the ground, they left us alone, got in the Jeep and drove away. He said it was amazing, the most amazing thing. And Julie said, when was that? She, he said, about two o'clock your time on Wednesday. It's the same day. The same time we were praying. This is prayer behalf, on behalf of God or in front of God on behalf of others. That's what we're talking about. That's intercessory prayer. And God will wake you up sometimes and bring people to mind. And when God brings people to your mind, just pray for them. It could be anybody. It could be me. It could be a neighbor. It could be a friend. If all of a sudden you remember that person, don't just smile. Just, just pray. Just a, just a simple prayer. You know, it's, it's, it's surprising sometimes to hear these stories, but I believe that it was our prayer. We prayed and they were rescued from evil and perverse men. You recently heard of the 17 Americans and a Canadian. Uh, these are missionaries that are down and, and they live in Haiti and they were kidnapped by a gang. It's been about a month and they're still being held hostage. And this is what's called K&R. Kidnapping and ransom. They kidnap him in order to ransom then to whoever will pay millions of dollars. You know, I looked it up. The gang that, uh, that calls them, they call themselves the 400 Mawazo. Mawazo is a Creole word. I didn't know what it meant, so I looked it up. It means idiot. <laughs> the gang goes by the name the 400 idiots. So, but we know who they really are. They are the perverse and evil men that Paul is talking about. From a That's right. That's not a very good thing. So let's, let's finish up. Verse 3. Paul says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we commanded you. You see, Paul is directing the Thessalonians to now not only to pray for him, but he, he prays that, he says that the Lord is faithful and he'll establish you and guard you 
from the evil one. You know, it's interesting. We know that the Lord is faithful, and he talks about these evil people, but now he's talking about the evil one. You see, there's a difference between evil people and the evil one. In the Lord's Prayer, we, you know, we, we, we pray that we uh, not be tempted, okay, not be tempted, led into temptation, and delivered from evil. Well, that is actually the evil one. That's a personification. That's, that's the devil. That's Satan incarnate. That's who it is. Evil incarnate is seen in the, the devil. There is an evil one. Now, the word evil here is the same as the previous verse, except this is the personification of it. In, in James chapter 4, James says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of the Lord. And it says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the worldly forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Those are the evil ones. Those are the personification. These are demon, demon spirits that come against us. Finally, Paul prays for them. He says, now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. You know, love and patience. These are both gifts of God. We're to have love and patience. They're, they're gifts of God in areas of our life that we need to constantly be redirected towards God. We are patient because of the love of God. That's a, that's a virtue. I never thought that was much of a virtue, but I've, I've learned as I've gotten older that, that patience is indeed a, a virtue. Now, if it's okay with you, I was going to say I had some homework for you, but nobody likes homework, right? So instead, I'll say this. I have a gift for you. All right, we have a gift. Um... Jean, Jean's here? No, Jean. You have those, Hal? Hal and Thelma, if you could hand those out. This is what we're going to do. For those of you that have never done this before, I'm going to give you a card. It's a card that has the, um, um, it's the same of our, as our bulletins. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But it's a little card, and the back of it is completely blank. So what I'd like you to do is take one of these cards, and I'm going to give you a pen. If you have something in mind right now, you can write that on the back of the card. But don't have to fill the whole card up. As people, as things, as missions, as ministries, as opportunities come to your mind during this week and the next week, write it down. Just write it down on the card. Did you see, did you see the, um, the movie Mr. Roberts? Uh, about... about uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, thank you. Mr. Mr. Rogers. Tom Hanks played Mr. Rogers. Um, from, and it was, it was an amazing story. Tom Hanks did a wonderful job. You know, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. And one of the scenes, and I didn't know this, is that he would, he would pray for people, and often what he would do is he would just say the name. He, he would just say the name. He would just say Hal Thornton, for example. He would just, just say the name. Because, see, God already knows what you need to pray for. The Bible says that the Spirit will pray for you when you don't even know how to pray. Sometimes all you need to do is offer up the name of your granddaughter, your great-grandson, your son, your daughter, your spouse, whatever it is. All you have to do is just name the name. Just put it on there. So these, these little cards you have, I want you to take them home. You can put them anywhere you want to. You can, you can put them as a bookmark in your Bible. That's what I often do. Um, you could put them on your, uh, your refrigerator. You could put them by your nightstand. And just use it as an opportunity to go before God on behalf of others. Before God, on behalf of others. That's what's called intercessory prayer. It's a great idea.
So take the card. God brings something to mind. Just write it down. Keep the card close to you. Sound like a good idea? Yes. Hal, does everybody have a card? Everybody got a card? Okay. We got plenty of cards. If you need more cards, I have plenty of cards. We got some pens. Okay, we're home. We've done it. Let's go ahead and pray then. So, Father God, we want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these lessons from the Apostle Paul. These You've been listening to Faith Dialogue with Pastor Ken Baer, recorded live at Celebrate Seniors, a ministry of Faith Dialogue. You can listen to or watch all of the recordings at Faith Dialogue by going to www.faithdialogue.org.